All right, Empires of the Future, and uh, man, we've not been doing this for a while. Yeah, right. I was out of town. We talked again, about it, right? And uh, I keep going out of town, <laughs> and then I go on sabbatical, so I'm just trying to know what we're going to do. Right. But we'll work that out. We'll work it out. So we've been a little inconsistent, you know. Okay. Sorry about that, but we're, yeah. we're coming back at you today. Uh, we're excited to talk about, I love cars. I love talking about cars. I love looking at cars. When I was in Naples, Florida last week, I literally dropped my wife off and two other past, the other pastor and his wife. They went down a pier. I got in the rental car and drove around finding cars. Looking okay. for Porsches. I found a Lamborghini. Yeah. I found a few other cars that I thought were great. I just drove around in circles looking for cars. See, and this is... So um, it, was great for, it was great for My me. thought reading this article and thinking about this is I was like, you know, I'm glad that Matt and I have different interests because I would not have picked up on this article particularly, but this is a major life change we're talking about uh, with, yes. with what we're seeing here and what's coming in uh, changes in the auto industry. Because, like, today we used your truck That's right. to move some tables from one location to the other. Right. That was helpful. You also have a minivan, right? right. We do. For your now going to be three children. That's right. So we use cars, regardless if we find interest in cars, we utilize cars a Sorry, lot. Man. We yep. use different types of cars. Yep. Um, and there's going to be a massive, massive change with the car industry as car companies, as we'll talk about, are changing their approach. Like some of these car companies are saying, you know, 15, 20 years out, they're no longer going to be making any type of combustion engine car. Right. Electric cars or some type of maybe hybrid maybe. Right. But um, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what... Uh, the future holds. And people are going to have to kind of embrace it, right, even if they're against it. Right. And here is the biggest shock for me in reading this is that um, I don't know how this will strike anybody else, but the, the year 2035 um, used to be uh, something that I went, oh, I mean, that's like 2077, 2085. Who knows? What, that's so far off that right. that just seems distant future that I, I'll worry about it when I get there. Um, and however it works, uh, reading that, that, that is a target that by 2035, for instance, auto manufacturers are going to cease manufacturing gasoline-powered cars that I, in, general, in general, in the whole world. That's right. And that's 14 years from now. I know. I mean, our, fir- our kid's first car... Right. Well, it will probably be a car like ours. That's right. Have. <laughs> right. But the car that we replace that car with. But the with, car that their wealthy friends have. That's right. <laughs> will not be. Will not, not, not be. Uh, well, and I was thinking about this recently. I was, I was driving. Um, I was thinking about, like, my next car most likely yeah. will be an electric car. Right. You know, and that is, that's interesting. It's almost a little exciting because you're like, you know, this is a, a huge change. Right. We, I mean, the thing about, like, cars haven't, I mean, the technology on cars, like, yeah, Bluetooth, air conditioning, uh, uh, you know, other types of uh, airbags, all those things. Yeah, those are, those are technologies that have changed the car, but yeah. the car in and of itself hasn't changed right. since the Ford, the Ford T, right? right? I mean, it hasn't changed. There's, a, there's an engine, there's right. a... There's two. There's four wheels, and there's a steering wheel, and there's a gear change, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, we have automatic now, but like nothing. The car itself hasn't really changed, right? And, I mean, fundamentally, it's it stayed the same. It's just gotten a little safer, yes. a little uh, more protection. Faster, it's certainly faster, more efficient more in efficient. some ways, but it is the same fundamental idea. And, right. and we are looking at today, kind of um, 
shifts in three major ideas in the way we interact with cars. And uh, it, it's one of those, there are practical implications of this, there are psychological implications of this. And so uh, we want to think about this because surely there are implications for the church as well. And uh, this is a fascinating article. It is, yeah. Uh, so listen to this. Here's, here's how it starts. Um, by the way, this article is called The New World of Autotech. How electric, self-driving cars, and ride-hailing will transform the car industry. It is from Wall Street, Street Journal. Journal. Yep. And uh, Daniel. Section, yeah. uh, Daniel Jurger, is that right? I don't know. Uh, I believe that was his name, uh, Jurgen, something like that. It's a large uh, feature. I right. Think a few weekends ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, he starts out by saying, quote, When GM's very first car, the Chevrolet Classic 6, appeared on Detroit's streets in 1912, it ran on gasoline. More than a century later, in 2034, the very last GM car that runs on gasoline is scheduled to roll off the assembly line. Crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, it's so interesting, again, like, how the car industry has changed. You know, you you would have thought, as we talk about electric cars, what's so fascinating and almost a bit ironic is that most of the cars that are running, that are rolling off the assembly line are SUVs. Mm -hmm. They're sports utility vehicles. They're fairly large cars. Mm -hmm. your, yep. your normal <clears throat> sedans are are dying off. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not as popular. You have all these different versions of SUVs. Right. So yet those are the popular models that people are buying. You just if you want to if you want to believe me, just drive around town and right. you'll see all the different SUV uh, models that are available to buy and that are driving. That's what people want. That's what people are buying. That's right. what the car industries are selling. At the same time, they're saying by 2034, we will be selling electric cars. Right. I mean. It's just so fascinating to see what's popular now, which doesn't seem anywhere close to electric or fuel efficient, but yet that's what is coming. Right, that's what's coming. I mean, a little bit of history in this I thought was uh, interesting and surprising. So electric cars, as an idea, is old. Yes, it is very uh, old. That, yeah. that they attempted to make this work right around the same time that gas-powered cars uh, were becoming popular. Thomas Edison yes, uh, yeah. invested in this yeah. a lot, but it just wasn't as practical right. at the time. Right. Uh, Gas-powered technology had more power. Uh, you know, advances in battery have... It's kind of, I would think, one of the few technologies that has kind of had a steady uh, growth in efficiency and power yeah. in the last, say... I don't know, 20, 30 you know, years. Like, you, you just started using an iPad, right? Yep. The battery life on those things are like, what, 10 hours plus, right? Yep. That's far better than most laptops, computers a few years ago. Right. The battery life where you feel like you always are having to plug it in, plug it in, plug it in. Now your right. iPad lasts right. most of the day. Right. I mean, that's, a just, that's a battery that it's running off of, and it's not a very big battery. Right. It's fairly small. That's right. why and you don't just, even notice it. It's just a very efficient battery. Yeah. So this is being driven in part by um, efficiency, uh, kind of the technological right. shift, but also being driven, as he says, uh, the government is also driving the shift. For instance, quote, the Biden administration's giant new infrastructure bill includes $174 billion, billion right. to support B. electric cars. Yeah. $174 billion to support electric cars. Right. So, From an infrastructure standpoint, right? right. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of money dedicated. Right, because, I mean, what what's lacking and what's going to have to expedite quickly is, all right, uh, my car has a 200-mile range. I want to drive 275 miles, right? Right. And how far is your hometown from, from Evansville? About 110 miles. Okay. 
So you, you, if you owned a Tesla... Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, it's about 90. Yeah. So, 90. so if you owned a Tesla, you could make it home and back, mm-hmm. actually, without even having to charge right. it. But yeah. you could charge it. But, uh, you, you know, if you, if you had to drive further, say you had to drive 300 miles to get home, and mm-hmm. you, you had an electric car, right. well, then you might have to stop at some point and charge it. Right. Well, if there's no infrastructure, then it doesn't make any practical sense. Like, right. you would be... It would actually take you longer to get anywhere. Right. Because you would have to stop, spend the night right. before you even got to go to go somewhere you could get in several hours with right. electric with a gasoline car. Right, and so that's one backdrop. There are a lot of backdrops to these story. One backdrop is uh, this this idea that while gasoline cars, I mean, it, it, their day is ending. It is. The advantages. It's not a, as if the advantages are not there. I mean, you can get in a gas-powered car and take it as far as the gasoline will take you. There, right. is, there are multiple yes. places along the way yes. to buy gasoline, and if you could transport more gasoline in the back of your vehicle, you could even go even right. further. Right. Uh, but what is driving this is technological change, as well as a lot of government desire to get away from the fuel emissions, from how how role too, the government the was driving this uh, innovation in some ways because of the uh, desire for emissions to go down, right. and the advantages of electric cars are obviously that uh, much less harmful to the environment and these sorts of things. But that the market is getting much more competitive. Uh, here's what he says: "Quote: Self-driving cars clock two million miles of test driving on California's roads in 2020, and anxiety bordering on alarm is quietly running through the auto world." It reports that Apple is working on its own. Apple branded self driving electric. Like I was car. saying before we got cut off, <laughs> is that I can't stand Apple software. So I have an idea that a self driving car running on Apple software just kind of like I don't want to get in that car because I can't get iMovie to work. Right. So the idea that Apple's going to come up with a software that was able to operate a car right. uh, autonomously, uh, I feel like that car is going to go into the tree. Well, <laughs> I hope not. Exactly. Well, it's, and we'll it's happened, by the way. We, right. Yeah. Um, but this is going to be at the crossroads of so many different uh, technology makers. Uh, you know, obviously, you've got Ford, Chevy, Toyota, all the major car makers. But when you're talking software integration, you're going to have to talk about uh, Google. You're going to yeah. have to talk about uh all the PC, uh, Microsoft, and the PC-based company. Uh, this is high competition, and it looms on the horizon as uh, certainly a huge market that is going to just increase for the foreseeable future in a lot of ways by design. Yeah, and, and I was, you know, I was saying like one of the things you you you're talking about three percent. I think you're, the, the the quote here you have is that three percent of car sales in the world in 2020 were electric. Yes. Um, the thought only three percent. The thought that that's going to somehow like that market, which is only three percent, is somehow going to be the only market for mm-hmm. the car. Um, while I, what I have read recently is that the electric SUVs that are starting to be introduced are more popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, SUVs are very popular uh, with the consumers. So if there is electric introduction to car uh, types that people like, which yeah. minivan, truck. Uh, SUV, the uh, Hummer is coming up with an electric uh, uh, car or SUV, and it's very popular. A lot of people right. have pre-ordered. People have pre-ordered the the Tesla truck. So I, I think that there is a possibility that before 2034, that number will definitely climb. As 
I think one of the issues with electric cars is is a lot of them that have been introduced just aren't good looking. Yeah. Uh, you have this quote by Tesla, you know, introducing <laughs> cars that look good, yeah. that are electric. I mean that that in and of itself has caused Tesla to be popular. Is mm-hmm. that their cars look good? I'm not a big fan of the Model Three. That I don't think it looks very good. But some of the other cars are appealing to look at, um, and and so that in and of itself will will cause people to buy. Because people want to buy a car that looks good. I mean, they're going to spend a lot of time in it. I know that sounds so kind of funny. Like, what does it matter? You know, people can't talk to you while you're driving. Right. But people want to, they want cars that look good to them, right? Right. And that was the story behind, um, you know, recently there was an attempt to really introduce electric cars. It was uh, largely in California. Right. But it was shaped like an egg. Right. Right. And no, it didn't catch on. No. Because um, it's ugly. Right. Right. And, and so that was um, a joke. And, yeah, the marketing realization was, you know, people are going to want to look smooth. Yes. Just because it's an electric car and it's about technological superiority right. doesn't mean you have to look goofy right. while you're in it. And, right. And, and it's really funny. Uh, in a lot of ways, this is the story of technology. Is Look, it's often nerds who sort through and figure out how things could work, but then to sell it then to the average consumer, the average consumer, especially when you already have a market full of cars that already yeah. look good, right. you're not going to buy an egg. Right. It literally looked like an egg, and, right. and it failed because it did not look right. like something you wanted to there's ride so around many, in. There's so, many different, like, there's so many different applications that, that could work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned the SUV, you know, electric SUVs, I think will be popular. I think the minivans, I think the trucks will be popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not much to an electric car. You're basically just a chassis with yep. the batteries and then connected to the, the wheelbase, right? Yep. There's no engine. There's no... Um, um, there's no What you would see under a hood, you just don't have right. with an electric car, which one of the benefits is you'll have more storage space sure. you know, in the front and the back, which is helpful for a lot of families that are transporting a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you can get really creative with the body shape. I mean... Again, like people buy cars because they like what they look like. People mm-hmm. want to look cool. Yep. I mean, one of the cool stories about this in the 60s is that the astronauts drove Corvettes, right? Yeah. And they had that special deal with the dealership down in Florida. Uh, and they all drove Corvettes. They had them for $1, right? They, oh. they, were, give, they were rented, basically, yeah. uh, for a dollar. People and people like, all right. I mean, the Corvettes are cool. I mean, the yeah. astronauts drive them, right? I think mean, that's so part of that in the in the in the the consumer. They want something that looks yep. good, even to a point you can get an electric car to sound whatever way you want to. I mean, you just pump the noise into the car, right? So if you want a car to sound like a V eight, you can make it artificially sound that way. So there's things that they could do with an electric car. You yep. can get an old body shape um, yeah. and place that right on top of the chassis. Right. So I think that there are, you know, there are some creativity that can be put into electric cars. I think that they are very easy to make. And, the, and some, once you have the chassis with the batteries and the wheels, you can pretty much get pretty creative with the way it looks. Right. And that sounds a little cool and fun. Sure. You know, the possibility of driving an electric car, but yet looks like a 72 Porsche sounds Fantastic, right? You know? um, so, anyways, that is that is exciting, right? And and so this is uh, this is kind of the first element of this story. This story is multifaceted, though, because yeah, part of what's driving this is simple technological innovation um, and also the lowering of fuel emissions and these sort of things. But he says as well, uh, Daniel Jurgen. By the way, I looked at Y E R G I N. Gotcha. Uh, 
he says, quote, to this mix, we can add the rising popularity of ride-hailing services with the prospect that in the years ahead, automated vehicles will start to take the place of today's drivers. And so this is something I, we've talked about on the podcast before. It's something that well, we all need to be thinking about in terms of the jobs that we get. Uh, and this is, this is going to affect the way you provide for your family, especially if you drive for a living. Right. Um, that is, by the way, the number one job in this country is driver, wow. delivery driver, yeah. tra- you know, transport and these yeah. sorts of things. And so that job is going away. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is a job that is going to be replaced by automated cars. Right. And so when you add this technolo- technological innovation to the fact that we're, we're, we're dealing with driverless cars coming, yeah. that is going to drive this massive change. Also, uh, this is going to be a shift in the way that we live. Um, it means a lot of things. We can talk about a positive thing to start with. It means that right now, if there's some freedom for you to work from home, I wonder as I read about this. So do you think it will be normal for, rather than kind of like your official clocking in will start when you walk into a building, which is the way it has been for any time I had a job where I clocked in, do you think the clock in or that you start working officially when you get in your car if it's a driverless car? Actually, the Wall Street Journal did this a while back uh, on the like, on like the different, uh, the future office. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that if, with self-driving cars, you can literally log into your workspace yep. in the car. Yep. Um, or you can log into your workspace while you're eating breakfast, checking mm-hmm. your emails, and then right. getting in the car right. and continuing to respond to emails or you're you know, writing, whatever you're doing, whatever mm-hmm. your job entails, uh, phone calls or conference calls. Mm-hmm. If you're not having to drive the car, you can definitely be in a conference call, right? right? So there's, there's so many things that, you know, the work... With, when you get rid of the commute, um, you know, which is almost like there's some benefits that you'll definitely, if you're working eight hours, you're going to get off earlier, right? Right? Because, I mean, you've already clocked in at eight o'clock. You didn't have that hour commute or whatever right. it was. Um, so there, I think there are going to be some, the problem will, will be, though, the same with the phone technology, with the ability to be always connected, Will it lead to then some psychological studies later on about how people never feel at rest? Right. Everything is work because you're always available. Right. And so, you know, with 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 things with technologies like this, there are some pros and there's definitely going to be some some cons on the other side, right? That yep. we're going to have to navigate through. Yep. You know, we can't live our entire human life connected. Right. To people or connected to devices. Right. It's not good for us. We can't behold the created world around us that is beautiful and appealing if we're always connected to our devices right. constantly. Right. It will not be good for us. Right. And so that's a concern. It is striking uh, that that 3% number last year yeah. was uh, 3% of, ele- of all cars sold in 2020 so let me present another cars. statistic so then, yeah there are not other kind of cars besides uh, internal combustion or electric right well so hybrid there's hybrid that's true and so okay. I don't but I don't think they're including that in this number probably because you have but hybrid's another but see hybrid is not a, it is still you're still you still have a motor you right. still have, you're still putting gasoline even though they're, even though they're more fuel efficient right um, actually um, a lot of your supercars your Ferraris your McLarens most of those are now hybrid really? powered. Okay. Yeah, so they're very sophisticated. Right. Because I mean, you've got 
electric. You've got. I think they're one of the one of the the cars that came out a few years ago that was like a million plus dollars. That Ferrari came out. I think it was like. It was like electric. It could then go to hybrid mode, or it could actually go to electric mode. I mean, yeah. to gasoline mode. So, like, it's a very complicated car. Yeah. A lot of times, these European car companies are having to make these car complicated because the the emission uh, emission laws in some of these European countries are so strict that right. they have to almost go this direction with some of their cars. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see like how does this affect like motorsports. Sure. Is NASCAR now electric? That doesn't seem like right. it really has the appeal. Right, and before you so. kind of go, well, that's ridiculous. No, a lot of that hinges on yeah. uh, emission standards and, and how much the incentive, how strong the incentives are going to be, positive and negative, yeah. to move towards yeah. electric cars. It's like Formula One, which is the big European uh, world uh, uh, auto, uh, auto sport mm-hmm. that I mentioned a few podcasts yes, ago. Yes. I'm somewhat of a fan. Uh, their cars are hybrids. Okay. So there's a battery component and a, and a gasoline engine component to those new Formula One cars. Yeah, so keep in mind then that all the things we're saying about uh, electric cars being simpler, uh, hybrid car is going to be the oh, most complicated, okay. the most uh, difficult to keep up and, and co- probably cost the most to take care of because you have all the components of an electric car as well as all the components of an internal combustion exactly. and all of the things that can go wrong with exactly. either system. Exactly. And, and what, you know, uh, it's so interesting that this is, because there's a political aspect to this. Actually, there's a foreign policy aspect to this that the, 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 the advancement of electric cars, therefore, makes the United States less dependent on foreign oil. That is a part of this. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the U.S. is one of the largest oil-producing countries in the world now. Right. We, we just became that, like, what, a decade or so ago? Uh, like, within the last several years. Yeah. So it's just interesting, like, as this kind of... We're less dependent on foreign oil now. We're still kind of moving in this direction. Gasoline prices by... I don't know how to do this, the, the, the math, but gasoline is cheaper now than it, it was, right? Because there's the, the, the supply is just larger than people thought. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd hear uh, college professors in, in science departments 20-plus years ago say, we're running out of oil, we're going to run out of oil, we're going to run out of oil. But that's proven not to be true, right? right? They continue to find oil fields in different parts of the different oceans and things mm-hmm. like that. And we fracking in parts of our country as well. I know that's politically controversial, but there's, like North Dakota is like the gold rush, right? If we had the gold rush of the 19th century. Now it's North Dakota oil, mm. right? Gasoline yeah. fracking. It's a lot of people making a lot of money through the the through the energy companies because yeah. the U.S. now produces a lot of energy now. Okay. So it's just it's, it's I don't know like all those jobs that have now popped up are now going to go away. I mean, if you're going to move towards electric cars, uh, I mean, I guess maybe some of that energy can be then run to generators. I don't know how that all works and all that system does, but I mean, the, the one, the one thing about electric cars though, is like you, it's, you're having to charge it up. You're having to power it back up. You had to produce the batteries with energy. You're not going to be energy free. You still have to produce energy. And the thought that wind power or these other kind of alternative are going to somehow replace gasoline as the number one, Power producing energy. I just think it's absurd. Yeah. I just, I just not gonna, it's not possible. So either the US is gonna have to get more, uh, more favorable with nuclear power, 
which I don't think that's going to happen. Or something's going to have to give because, again, like a lot of we still are a big coal producing country. So, like, we're still going to produce carbon, even if you have electric cars. So, I don't, I, I just think that there's that is a component to this that someone ignored that, oh, now we're going to be carbon free with our car travel. And it's like, those batteries had to be produced with something. Right. And, and, the, and the electricity had to be produced by something. And, and I think one takeaway just at the people level for all this is that we are talking about a lot of change yeah. in a oh, relatively God. short amount yeah. of time. If only 3% of the cars sold last year were electric cars, then we are talking about pushing hard by 2034 to get to this point where we literally set 0% of the cars that are sold are gasoline-powered cars. Now, look, um, I, I did not... Another interesting fact that I didn't know, they said that the average car stays on the road in the U.S. for about 12 years. Uh, so my truck has already outlasted and outlived its average. I'm pretty um, sure the... Uh, uh, what was that? Clunker for... For change, or was it, yeah. that program will probably make its way back. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, there are a lot of cars already on the road, a yeah. lot of cars out there. It's going to take a while to transition us out of this. And, and uh, Especially since the used car industry is so big. I mean, most right. people buy their cars used. They don't right. buy new cars. Right. They, you know, maybe a lot of some people do. I know we don't. We buy used cars. We mm-hmm. don't buy brand new cars, right. really. Uh, our van, which is the newest automobile we own was I think uh, it was like a 2016 so it was like two years old when we bought it so mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't new um, and so like that I mean you, like you're saying yeah cars stay on the road for 12 years but there's a used car market that there's people that will buy a 12 year old car right I mean just buy their I mean what about the kids who their first car yeah. is gonna be a what a 12 or 15 year old car right. so that that part even that is like where is that going to be brought in? And there's just so much change that's yep. being kind of projected with not only the car industry, not only the energy industry. But now you're talking about the self-driving. You're talking about, a, a, I mean, the idea that we won't be driving right. is huge. I mean, we spend a lot of our lives in the car. Right. The thought that we would not be sitting behind the wheel and literally sitting in the passenger seat right. is that in and of itself is it's almost absurd. It, it is very, very surprising that that idea is moving forward so quickly and being, um, and it seems likely that while there are, I, I can be certain there are people who will not accept that reality, even it becoming some sort of norm is yeah. a major, major shift. I did think it was a little uh, funny um, because he wondered, you know, is, hasn't it been such a rite of passage for teenagers? Can you imagine yes. teenagers not getting a driver's license? One of the stranger things right now is if you work with young people, as I do, already the getting a driver's license thing is not not the milestone that it used to be. No. Uh, teenagers operate a lot out of their phone and yeah. uh, through the internet, and that's, it's already not the milestone that it used to be. And so this is such a responsibility when you're you had a driver's license. And your your parents either let you drive mm-hmm. their car, or maybe they bought you a car, or maybe you bought a car with mm-hmm. money you made from a summer job, and that was your car. Right? Right. You had to take care of it. 
you had to make sure that there was gas in it, obviously, make sure that you, you know, you, you got the oil changed mm-hmm. and these type of things. And you had to drive. You had to had to obey the the laws of the road, right? And there's that's a huge that's, that's like a that's a line you cross, yeah. right? In maturity. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I know that there was more college students that I meet that put off driving driving a car, which I thought was so strange to me. Right. But that's going to become a grow a far far uh, steeper growing trend. But then there's going to be a point where they're there won't be very many today. Why would a parent go, well, why would we let you drive? We have a self-driving car. I mean, yes, me and your dad know how to drive, but it's so like yesterday. We don't even have to do that anymore. Right. And and I can... um, Maybe maybe vacationally we might drive a car, yeah. So that trend is one, since you can see that our society is trending towards um, groups, groupishness, there will be groups of people who just go. I mean, I when I pulled to a stoplight today, there was a guy on a Harley in front of me, and yes. I go, hey, they're not. I don't care if Harley-Davidson comes yeah. out with self-driving motorcycles. I just don't think that motorcycle riders are looking for this innovation, not right. interested. Nor they are the experience. Right, nor are, there, there are certainly many groups of people who yes. would just go, no thanks. Yes. Thanks, no thanks. And I'm one of those people. I like driving. I like driving tri- on trips. I like one of the things that I uh, like to do um, if I get the chance, and I've mentioned this to people and they kind of laugh, is I like when we go to a new city, and especially if it's just me or me and my wife, I like to rent a car that I've never driven before. And like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, I like this about the car, and this yeah. is kind of nice, and stuff like that. And like, you experience a new car, right? And right. you get to drive it for a few days, and then you go back, and like, cool, I don't own the car. That's fine. I would never want to buy one, but it was nice to drive it. I could tell people I've driven one of those cars. Right. And the thought where you would, there are some advantages of not running a car where you just kind of go through a, a self driving system where sure. you, through an app or something, you just jump in a car and boom, there you go. That, that has a lot of advantages. But then you lose some of the just the the experience of saying so. Like once I drove a Jaguar, I rented one. I tell people, yeah, I drove one. That was it was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I would want to do that again if given the chance. I don't want that to be completely wiped off the table. Sure. So, but sure, I get that. that. And it probably will though. <laughs> well, and um, because why present the service if most people aren't going to be buying it? Yeah, the, the next kind of element he mentions really highlights uh, one bifurcation, one big difference among kind of the American, American consumer. He talks about how uh, ride hailing is also driving this transition phenomenon. So you're talking about Ubers, you're talking about uh, these services, yep. Lyft, that pick up people. But he says, quote, what these ride hailing companies offer is not a vehicle as a product, but rather mobility as a service, a car only when you want it not when it is spending much of the time sitting in a garage sure. or parking lot. Which makes sense in New York City. doesn't yes. make sense here. And that is, yes, and that yeah. is the big Evansville. split. Evansville, Indiana is not New York City. One of the funny things about Evansville, and, and frankly one of the things that makes me feel much more comfortable in what is, to me, a large enough city, sure. is you'll be driving down the Lloyd Expressway and then you'll be behind a tractor. Right. <laughs> Especially if you get past U.S. High going towards Mount Vernon. Yeah, this absolutely. is something that happens yeah. around here. Right. Um, and this phenomenon does not make a lot of sense for rural people. Right. Where you're not only talking about distance, you're talking about 
power that right. you need out of a variety of vehicles, that you need utility right. uh, to, to do a bunch of different things in a larger uh, type of vehicle. Um, and so that, that does still, we, that, that raises all these questions about emissions, how, how strong will government incentives toward this and disincentives to keep using gas-powered vehicles? I don't know. That is a great question for the future and one that I, I uh, have a hunch will be um, politically complicated. Yes. Uh, it yes. will probably be an issue that Red is state, blue state. on the ballots yeah. and voted, yes and, yes, and and voting will be split based upon that issue. But this is designed. I mean, there's no question that, that this article and this thought process is about cities. It's about yes. large cities right. because everything that is That produces a lot about. of popul- pollution. It has a lot right. of people. Sure. Yeah. Like, it makes sense that, yep. you know, if you're living in Manhattan or you're living in Brooklyn or one of the other major cities uh, or boroughs of a major city... Mm-hmm. I make complete sense that you wouldn't own a car. You would use Uber. That that's your car monthly budget is based right. off Uber. Right. Uh, you present some interesting questions. I guess in the article presents is who owns when it comes to the self driving stuff. Yes. Who owns the data? But then again, if like if they're self driving cars, I don't know why would most people would even own one. Number one. But then another industry that totally now gets wiped off the map is auto industry. Like it's gone. Right, and that like because there's no like you you're not personally liable to a the, yes. the the company is right who runs the AI it runs the software if it runs off the road or it hits a pedestrian or it runs into a car you're not trading insurance information right you're just saying oh my apple hit your apple I guess we need to call customer service right and that is a sticky situation sure. that especially is. if you call customer service to any company right very up in the air right <laughs> now yeah. who is responsible because what you're really dealing with yes you have the car manufacturer right you have the whatever service you are using to navigate and when something goes right. wrong i mean goodness and is there gracious any, is there any customization that you put into the computer like uh, oh, can right. you put like a speed rate cuz you're in a hurry what, like, is that going to be allowed right like yeah uh, it's a great question and one that I don't see any good answers coming out uh, about about this right now um, because we don't have enough of these going so that uh, these issues have come up for most people. I'm right. sure there are people who've had an experience, but there's not many of them. And right. and the incentive right now is just to keep those experiences quiet right. and just go, it'll probably all work out just fine. Now look. It never does. <laughs> One thing just to mention at this point is that getting in a car is the most dangerous thing you do on any given yes, day, usually. That's correct. I mean, it's dangerous. It's really uh, dangerous. What we do, I mean, in having uh, the power to drive around this massive hunk of metal right. that, that can uh, get a flat tire or, you know, have whether you're driving in bad weather, uh, it's dependent on the people who are driving it right. to navigate that situation right. rightly. And so that element is present. Um, it's just a new kind of challenge to think about when you are without power. Um, right. and, and they say that one of the most certain coming hurdles to this is <laughs> will customers accept getting into a car that has no steering wheel, no right. Gas pedal, no right. brake pedal. Right. I mean, uh, it, one funny thing about this, um, being as old as we are, something about growing up in the late 1900s 
made all of the 2000s seem so far away. And so, for instance, I remember watching Time Cop with Jean-Claude yes. Van Damme. And Never when, he, saw, gets, but I know when he gets into his car in the future, it has like, it seemed like this, the inflatable steering wheel yes. was kind of like, this is the most futuristic idea we can come up with. And think about, that, that's just a goofy little notion, but think about how funny it is that the most futuristic notion we could come up with back in, say, the 90s was, you won't use the steering wheel all the time. Right. Nobody was thinking, man, I want to get rid of the steering wheel altogether. Right. Nobody was thinking that because it is, it is an entirely different situation in a moving vehicle when you can't do anything about it. No. That is... That is Who's hiding it in? Yeah. That's, uh, that seems stressful. Yes. In a way. Yes. You know? I mean, um, I, I, I guess a lot of this would be built in, but, you know, you get two blocks away from your house and you forgot your keys. Can you input, you know, hey... Turn around, take me back home. Right. Or is it this thing that's going to take you on to the next stop and be like, oh, now that you're here, I guess we can go back. Yeah. Um, these certain things will be built in, but there are just so many questions that we have right now. And the main thing that we know is, well, we are rocketing towards a new plan right. for how we do right. transportation. I feel like there's so many changes operating at such a supersonic speed with, you know, you're talking about electric cars going away from gasoline-powered cars, which has been the major application for cars for since the beginning, yep. 1912. Uh, then presenting that, well, at the same time as that's being presented as now going to be the future norm, mm-hmm. at the same time, self-driving cars. Yes. Which... I guess, like, you know, you have people like Elon Musk who are saying, yeah, this is going to be the application mm-hmm. in, like, X amount of years, right? I mean, yep. it's like, it's a short amount of time. You're like, you know, you wouldn't take that as, like, he's one of the guys driving this. Like, he's the guy driving yep. this this movement. If he says that this is going to be the norm introduction, like, do you want to doubt him? Like, you, you're kind of, like, left, like, well, I mean, if he says that this is going to be the way it's going to be done, then... You can't really stop the movement, right? right. I mean, the the, the uh, we, we we haven't really talked about it a lot, but we you know, we've I read a book recently about this. Like, the modern philosopher is stuck at an academic school and doesn't really talk about these issues, right? These issues needs a philosopher. It needs ethics, but there is no ethics. Uh, this is oh, I don't know what the term it is. There's no philosopher uh, that's asking these questions and presenting any answers to Tesla, to Apple, to Google. Mm-hmm. Nobody's an- giving them answers to these questions, they're just building more code and more mm-hmm. code and more code without anyone saying, is this like, should we do this? Like, what are the applications of this? Like, who owns the data? What if it gets hacked? Right. Is our security good enough? I mean, all these questions are kind of like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Like, I don't know. That doesn't seem very comforting. Right. And uh, one movie that uh, coming to my mind that does explore these issues, iRobot, that Will oh, Smith yeah. movie, yeah. Uh, yeah. is about a, a robot that chooses to save him rather than a more vulnerable person because the calculation was that he would survive. And, and a so, cop, right? Uh, yeah. And, and so this stuff is out there. These questions are viable questions. Um, I, I thought it was funny as talked about how... Uh, they got to 90% in terms of navigating how to integrate all of this. They got to 90% pretty quickly, but then the next, say, 9% took uh, quite a while. But then when they got to this, they feel that they are at the last 1%. I, I feel that the 1%... So the self-driving car? Right, yeah. and, and, and how to navigate. I mean, because uh, you deal with situations. So, for instance, think about a parking lot of a busy um, shopping center or something. There's just a lot 
a lot of unpredictable occurrences. That's why a lot of accidents happen in parking lots. Just think about it. You have a lot of people driving a lot of different directions, right. looking for a spot, trying to get a close spot, right. people coming out of the store. There's so many things happening at once, and those things are very hard to program. Right. The situation changes really quickly, um, and there's a lot of variables. And so that, that's, that kind of stuff gets really hard to program. And meanwhile, when we have issues... What are we to think about them when there are problems? Um, yes, we have, we have problems now, but we blame people right. when things go wrong. Right. Uh, that's a very different situation. That's right. That's just a very different situation. Yeah. It's hard to be mad at a software. Right. Um, so there, they, you mentioned some of these other kind of looming questions, these infrastructure maintenance questions. Uh, we, we didn't mention this in this particular episode, but we were talking earlier. Like most infrastructure, mostly road-based projects come from gas tax. Mm -hmm. I mean, if people aren't buying gas, there's no gas tax. So there's going to be, have to be some type of new service charge tax on charging your like or or your utility bills are going to have to go up, right? You're right. producing more. Your 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 electric like electricity bill is going to go up. That's true. And so, therefore, I guess that's where that money is going to come from. So, the utility company is is going to benefit from this, definitely. Yeah, and that's... veteran. I, I became concerned, uh, the question that you asked earlier, okay, who gets the data? Um, oh, yeah. So, the, there is a very direct solution that I, I would immediately get concerned that would come into play because, yes, the gas tax, uh, which would lessen, is an issue. But it seems like this would incentivize the government to sell data in order to pay for infrastructure, to pay for roads, sure. which you still need. There, sure. there, you still need all the roads, all the bridges, everything that uh, facilitates cars moving. Uh, you just don't have gas taxes. And so that's an immediate uh, concern that I would have because we are quickly moving towards um, such personalized advertisements that, uh, well, this is like movie reference day, but Minority Report, yeah. where Tom Cruise is walking yeah. And there's just constantly flashing images in his head of things that he should be buying, you know, since you're in the neighborhood, since you came right. through here, right. you know, didn't you think about buying this new lawnmower? Well, here you are right here. And then just constantly these, it, it's an onslaught that yes. we are already experiencing in terms of the way social media is involved in our lives, the way our phones encroach into our lives. And there are no signs of that slowing. And that's a concern. Yeah, I think I think that the natural, again, like I mentioned when we first started. I mean, I think it's going to birth. I know this is this is popular. I mean, this is true in China especially, but you're going to have in Europe and in Africa and South America and North America, you're going to have super super cities. People are going to be forced to live close mm -hmm. because I mean, if you're going to introduce. Uh, this type of self-driving systems, uh, you're you're got to be close to where you're going. I mean, you can't have uh, 500 miles plus of. There's no getting in the car and going to see grandma. Right. Like you're getting on a, some other form of transportation. Yep. Uh, so that's changing. The getting in the camper and the RV and going off into the into the West, that's gone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these type of things are probably going to go away unless while unless some company at the same time introduces 
you know, recreation type type aspects of this. I you know, I just think it's going to force people to live in these super cities, to live really, really close to each other. Yeah. And it's going to cause some people to go, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. I don't want anything about I just want to live out far away from anybody. I don't want to have to drive anywhere. I don't want yeah. to go anywhere. I'm just going to live and live in a, in a sense like kind of a hurt, like a, like just by yourself. Kind like of a like, hermit, yeah. Yeah, a hermit type existence yeah. because you just you just can't take this, yep. this, this super city, compact, uh, massive populations. Yeah, in certain cities. Well, and I mean, one thing to say uh, about this is it does seem like this old American idea of the car kind of being an expression of your identity is going it's away. Going away, yeah. Uh, and and that's fine. I mean, look, right. uh, if you're a Christian, you know, we find our identity right. primarily in Christ. There can, that's right. Uh, there can be these things that we use, but they are they are not uh, identity markers. Um, but this thing that has been very American is going away in that way. Because the options, these new options are uh, are there. So you're talking about something like an Uber with an electric car, self-driving. You're talking about uh, in China, you know, you mentioned uh, there's a lot of emphasis and a lot of testing right now on uh, driverless buses. So yeah. that if you were to put in, uh, you know, I need to get from point A to point B and... There could be routes that could yeah. be calculated sure. by these by sure. uh, by software, uh, so that you would then a bus would come by, and there would already be other people in there, just like another bus, but it would be a little bit more of a personalized sort of. Well, they were going this this general area, so we'll drop you off on the way, and this is uh, kind of an advance in commuting and advance in uh, public transportation, and and in uh, the way we get around in that way as well. Yeah, you talk about like new companies. You know who's who's the winners. Um, I, yeah, you talk like Toyota is rebounding itself as a mobility company. I, obviously, the big winners are going to be the big winners now. I mean, right. Google, uh, these companies that are you know they they're a they're a data company. They produce yep. data. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what they produce. Uh, and they sell this data. And I think any introduction to more data uh, and putting people in situations either through transportation or communication by which people are interacting or using and it produces data, those companies are going to be the winners, right? Yep. And especially if they're going to be the ones that actually present the hardware. It's not like they're being the software company. Like, oh, we'll present you the software for the self-driving car, but Toyota will be the builder of the car. No, right. it seems like they're going to be the builder of the car and the software guys. Right. And so all, I mean, they're going to, so the issue will be lack of competition. Like that will be a problem right. that you just won't have enough competition potentially right. in the market. And that always leads to, to negative things. Right. right. This is not an easy machine to put together. No. You're going to need immense finances yes. to get into this market. And so there's not going to be, uh, I don't see the possibility of any company that you haven't heard of. Right. Um, taking over from the standpoint of building. Right. Now, integrating many commuters, um, integrating all the challenges of uh, analysis of road conditions. Look, I think there will be new companies that, that come into the market and learn, because a lot of that is about being savvy in which integration you have to keep which right. integration you have to, or which right. information you have to keep, which information you have to throw out uh, in terms of analysis, because um, it's incomplete. I mean, information in, in the physical world 
you can't have everything. You can't analyze it all instantaneously, right. but you have to know uh, what to analyze and then whoever does it the best. I mean, it, it'll be just another one of those sort of like, are we going to go uh, HD DVD or is it going to be Blu-ray? There'll, right. be, there'll be tech yeah, right, companies right. that you hear about and then all of a sudden, five years later, nobody that you know of has heard of HD DVD anymore because they, right. they tried, they made a run at it, and they lost, right. and that company is gone. Right. You know, uh, that's looming. I mean, that's, it seems almost certain given the number of things that will need to be integrated. Yeah, and, and there probably will be different uh, introductions of, like, the luxury... Yeah, the luxury options and the less luxury options, right? And, and so that will be a market. Maybe there'll be some companies that offer this and offer that. Yep. Um, you know, who really, who really, really? I maybe a way for me to, to stop talking. You have something to say to end, but I feel like you know, the, maybe I push the pause button on this kind of movement. It's like maybe you need to go watch Terminator One and Terminator Two, maybe <laughs> just to just to give yourself a sense of like the future. The, the viewpoint that the future is always better than the present is, I think, a, a, false, a false philosophy. Yes. Because just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean it's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that there's been uh, artists and, and, and fiction writers and, and movie makers that have tested this idea in the way past, right? Yep. What happens if you have a computer system that runs autonomous from its creator? It will lead. There's like people have thought this stuff out, yeah. and we've watched these things. Like, yeah. oh, that would be yeah. horrific. Yeah. Oh, well, that'll never happen. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, we created the atomic bomb. I mean, like, there's things that can be created that are that are technologically advanced that are horrible. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the, the idea that the humans can literally destroy a large group of each other with one bomb yeah. was created by technology. The smartest yeah. minds of that were available, created that. And so I think that there is a sense where too much of this is, there's just not enough questions being asked and not enough answers, I think. And a lot of kind of like, uh, is all this autonomous view, like what are we really doing? Are we giving up too much of our dominion, I think, to these things that we've created that we're not, we don't have dominion over our actual lot. We basically have just placed it in, the hands of computer systems. Yeah. And we're just kind of laid back and let the world just kind of happen. Right. And, and so the kind of the angle I think that is best to look at this from is to ask questions about, um, be reflective about what the conveniences of our lives do to the rest of our lives. Right. Uh, because we all have uh, this uh, openness and natural at ease with convenience that, Oh, you, you helped me in some way. Sometimes these things take from us, uh, things that they shouldn't. And, and really, I think that it's the best thing to just say, be aware of changes that are coming and assess carefully and prayerfully, how does this change your life? Because there can certainly be positive elements of this. I mean, frankly, the, this 10-year period that is talked about, of the massive transition uh, I, I am certain that what I would like is uh, a 10-year period of trying out different options so that then after a period of time of assessing has passed, then I make the decision about what is the best option for me and my family. And keep in mind as well that our decisions always impact other people right. so that uh, you know, a move away from 
gasoline-powered cars, uh, it, it means a loss of a lot of jobs. And look, we want, we want people to be able to support their families. Right. It, it is very important. And labor produces leisure. Work yes. gives us some sense of meaning in right. life. And right. so uh, we want to consider our work. We, we want to be fruitful and, and productive. We know that we were made to be. Everyone is everyone, uh, I hope, uh, what it means to have a good day's work where you, at the end of the day you're tired because you produced something. Right. That's some very important and meaningful human experience, and, and uh, there's a lot to be said for it. And I think that, you know, maybe uh, there's... Uh, this is kind of off, off the beaten path a little bit, but it made me think of this. Is like I remember I've watched most of Star Trek Next Generation, mm-hmm. and I remember there's an episode, and uh, you'll definitely know what this is because you're a big fan, but when Captain Picard has... Brother, is that correct? Is like a yep. French yep. winemaker, yep. and uh, doesn't and at some point John Luke Picard like contemplating if he could would have would have been a, a wine mm-hmm. maker, like how much different his life would be. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense where a man who who captains this spaceship, mm-hmm. right? That's just highly technological. It goes. To this, and he's like heartened back to like working in the vineyard. Yeah. Like there's something to that. Like that. That the human, the, the the life of just completely computers do all this for us. Is that what we actually want? Right. We want. I, I would tell you, I would want to drive a car. Right. I, I would want to. If I was a pilot, I'd want to fly the plane, yeah. not have the computer just do it all for me. Right. Uh, you know, people who build stuff, they they want their right. hands to get dirty. Right. They want farmers want to get their hands in the dirt. Like there's that's a part of who we are. We're created to work right. in. T- I, so it's not good for us to just automate everything it's not what we should want uh i know that some things there's a desire to make life a little bit easier a little bit more uh less taxing on our bodies that's i think that's fine Mm -hmm. and good but at the end of the day a taxed body that's worked hard feels good and it sits down and rests and i think we have to make sure that we're thinking through that because our souls need that we were created to do that i agree so um great conversation thanks for uh, entertaining this this topic, and uh, I love cars, and, uh, and it's sad that the the car that we know it may be gone. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we'll see what that those shows look like in the future. But um, this has been we had to talk about the future. It's going to be great. I did. Yeah. yeah uh, so this has been Empires of the Future, and we will see you in the future.